The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In order to thrive in today's competitive business market, you need to constantly adapt to change and shift your business paradigm. Welcome to Business Reinvention with host Nancy Lynn for insights on emerging trends that could impact the future of your business. This hour will have you listening to and thinking like the innovative business leaders of today. Now, here's your host, Nancy Lynn. Hi, this is Nancy Lynn and the Business Reinvention Show, where we share thought-provoking ideas from different industries so that you can connect the dots and stay innovative and competitive. Well, thank you for tuning in. Today, we're going to discuss contextual retail and take a look at the use of in-store analytics. In the last 10 years, consumers have evolved their shopping practices dramatically. We now use multiple channels to search, compare, and purchase products and services. And today's consumers are tech-savvy. They are raising the bar for retailers. According to an IBM study, 81% of consumers expect same brand experience across channels, and 54% of them said that they're not likely to do business with a retailer if not given personalized content. So talk about high expectations. Um, Obviously, a lot of work for a retailer to uh, work on. Um, And although the online channel has been able to track purchase behaviors for years, the physical retail channel has struggled to find effective ways to do so until recently. So can the new retail analytics provide more context for each transaction and answer the questions of who, what, why, and how a consumer purchased your product. How close are brands to having a true 360-degree omni-channel view of individual consumer behaviors and preferences? And how will all this change retail marketing and operations? Well, that's the focus of today's show. Well, joining us uh, for the discussion is retail expert Shelly Cohen. She is VP of Retail Consulting and Retail Next, the market leader in big data solutions and real-time analytics for physical retail channel. She's also a faculty member at the Fashion Institute of Technology of State University in New York. Hi, Shelly. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me today. Thank you so much, and I have a lot of questions for you, um, so I hope you're ready. Um, uh, so for one thing, I know, Shelly, that you talk to many, many retailers, and you do that on a regular basis, so I'm very curious um, in terms of your sense of their number one concern at the moment. Yeah, and I think it's interesting. Um, certainly trying to get to one concern might be a bit of a challenge, but I can tell you three things that keeps retailers up at night. Uh, in today's retail environment. The first one being, obviously, year-over-year comps. It's continually harder and harder and more of a challenge for retailers to make those year-over-year comps. 
Mm-hmm. Um, part of that is, you know, with the decline in traffic that is going to the brick-and-mortar store, retailers are figuring out ways to how to make up those comps, either with online or other uh, digital um, experiences for the customer. I think the second large concern with consumers, uh, what, I'm sorry, with retailers today is really this empowered uh, customer, this empowered consumer who is uh, exceptionally all-knowing about product and services. And I think the third thing that retailers really worry about or their number one concern is how can I, the retailer, deliver a consistent brand experience across every single touch point that I have? Well, that's painful. <laughs> um, so, of course, you know, underneath all these concerns or challenges is the threat of e-commerce. And I'm really curious, um, you know, if that threat, level of threat has changed over the last five years, um, do you feel like it has increased, decreased, or just evolved? I think that, um, and, you know, we, it's interesting that you use the term threat of e-com. I think uh, a decade ago, the threat of e-com was probably very relevant, and a lot of the retailers were um, trying to figure out, and almost within their own companies, looking at e-com as kind of a competitor in their own, you know, retailer in their own business. And I think that has evolved over time. And now what's happening is retailers are really looking at the e-com business as a complementary business. And it's really beginning for retailers to understand, is the e-com business now the front door to my brick and mortar? Or does the brick and mortar, after the customer leaves the store, does the e-com then complement the business after the visit? And I think it works both ways. So I think what um, really a lot of retailers are looking at is how do I converge the digital and the physical worlds together? And I think the other um, threat that's now out there, um, not so much e-com, but this threat of pure play retailers is, is, is you know, pretty large. And um, I think that pure play retailers will eventually, you know, become very less significant. And what I mean by um, that is if you have, you know, only an online business and you don't have the brick and mortar to help, you know, talk about that brand and to really have the customer experience the brand in person, you know, that's going to be a challenge for you. At the same token, if you're only a brick-and-mortar store and you don't have the digital piece of the business, again, you will probably struggle. You really need both the digital and the physical together to give that relevant brand experience with today's customer. Yeah, I think you touch on some really, really good points. I think a, a few years ago, um, all the articles seemed to make the pure play e-commerce site um, sound like they have the upper hand, but now we see more of all of them actually opening up, you know, physical stores, um, you know, kind of going back to what you said about them realizing the importance of that component as well. And so it seems like now physical store channel has a little bit more advantage or a kind of more leveling the playing field a little bit more. And another effect, um, of course, is the retail analytics, um, which your company plays a really big role. Um, but some listeners may not be familiar with your technology. So can we take a step back and maybe just um, have you tell us a little bit more about the device or technology you use to capture consumer and employee behavioral data in the stores. Absolutely, and what I'd really like to do is kind of separate that into the retailers and what technologies are out there, you know, with understanding retail and then um, with the consumer shopping behavior and then talk a little bit about the employees separately. Excellent. 
So when we talk about uh, customers, um, retail analytics today, the brick and mortar has always been at a bit of a disadvantage um, as compared to e-commerce business because we've never had the analytics to understand specifics about where customers are going within a store, the customers are coming into the store, what are they not buying. We have a lot of transactional information about what they are buying, but we've always failed in the past to measure what they're not buying. And with today's technology, and we have a lot of different enabling technologies to measure a lot of different uh, data points within that shopping uh, environment, and it really starts outside the store. So if I had to um, kind of put these in buckets, so to speak, I would say there's foundational technologies. There's the um, kind of a next level up. So once you have foundational, you can take a deeper dive into understanding behavior. And then there's, of course, the ultimate um, technologies, which really dive deeper into the, into the consumer. So if you take that foundational level, that's what every retailer should absolutely be measuring today, and that is how many people are coming through the door. So that's called traffic, so foot traffic within the store. So how many customers are coming into the store? And then marrying that up to transactional information to say, of the people that came in, how many made a purchase? We call that conversion. So if 100 people come into the store, and 30 people make a purchase, that's a 30% conversion. Minimally, every retailer should understand that about their customers. The other pieces and components of foundational uh, technology is understanding capture rates, for example. If you have 1,000 people that walk in front of your store and 60 of those actually make it into the store, you know, the 60% capture rate in and of itself is not really relevant. What is relevant is if I change my windows or I put a different display up, does my customer respond to that? Does that 60% then go to 75%? Then that makes it really relevant to the retailer because it's really showing to them that those changes that they've made, their customer is really liking. I think the other piece is foundational is really understanding the time spent in the store. Today's customer has less time, less money, and less patience. And the old adage, adage and edict that retailers used to have where keep the customer in the store as long as possible um, is probably not true today. In fact, a lot of customers want to spend, you know, less time in stores, but they want the trips to be more convenient and more productive. And so we have now the ability to measure that in the in-store environment. The second level is really getting a deeper look into that Consumers. So we want to understand demographics. How many male? How many female? What are the age brackets that are shopping within the store? Who are the new customers, the repeat customers? Where did they shop before they come into the store? And where are they shopping after they left the store? These are all kind of a deeper dive. All this information regarding shoppers is collected in a very aggregate way. So it's lots of volume information. Retailers don't want to understand at this level the individual path or the individual information about a particular customer. They want to know 75% of my customers are female. So they want to know the big groups and what's happening within that shopping behavior within groups of people. And I think the third level of enabling technology is what is considered as the opt-in Wi-Fi. So a customer comes into the store, they love the brand, they're a loyalty member of that particular retailer, and they've signed up and 
into the opt-in Wi-Fi. So they've agreed to the terms and conditions of the Wi-Fi. They want the customer, they want the retailer to track them. They want the uh, retailer to understand their shopping preferences. But in return for giving them all this information about their shopping experience within the store, they also want to be delivered a personalized marketing plan. They want the retailer to deliver content to them that is relevant, specific to what they like to purchase, and um, maybe products and services that would be an interest to them. Wow, that's a fantastic overview of um, retail analytics. Um, we actually going to deep dive um, more into this when we come back from our break. Information is the new currency, and there's just so much happening in retail analytics. So let's talk some more after the break. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lin. You could also download our programs from Voice America, iTunes, or Stitcher. Please stay tuned, and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of the curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we help leaders at fast-growing companies develop the leadership capacity necessary to manage growth more effectively. Contact us today to learn more about our executive coaching services and leadership workshops. Call 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com to transform your business and leadership with Change Agent SF. Do you know how to tell a great story? In business, the stories you tell play a big role in your success. Whether you're trying to get more clients or influence people as a leader, Storytelling will help you do it. Story Powered with Leanne Pico is here to help you activate your storytelling superpower to build a better business and achieve your goals and dreams. Story Powered can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. Now, back to Business Reinvention. Well, Shelly, you gave a fantastic overview of retail analytics um, can offer. Um, you also mentioned there was a component about the employee behaviors, right? So what can we do there? What do we get to um, insight on? Excellent. So I'm, I'm going to bucket those in the same kind of uh, buckets I did with the um, consumer uh, behaviors, and that is there's foundational, and then there's the next level up, and then there's the really intricate, you know, understanding of employee uh, behavior. The first piece is really for retailers to understand, you know, am I using staff hours that's most uh, productive for the customers I have coming in? In other words, how am I staffing my store? 
are the are the employees there when the customers are coming into the store? That's something that's very foundational. That again, every retailer should be measuring who's working on what days. And we should be looking at the staff hours by day of week, by hour of day, and are those hours being productively used, and are they there when the customers are in the store? The second level is then to layer into that when you look at the staff hours and how retailers are planning the staffing, we then say, okay, well, let's marry that up to the customers. And we have a metric called customer-to-staff ratio, and we've always found that there's a certain uh, breaking point with various retailers, and it's going to be different if you're a um, luxury retailer versus if you're a, re- a discount retailer. That customer-staff ratio gives you a hint into what's happening within the store. So, for example, if you have a very high customer-to-staff ratio, you probably aren't staffing your store enough to accommodate the number of customers you have in a store. So this is a great high-level metric for retailers to use and understand and also makes it really easy to compare uh, store-by-store what's happening in the various stores. And I think the last thing about customer-to-staff ratio is it allows a store manager, it puts in their hands um, a technology that allows them to actually do something with the information. So it's great to have data, it's great to have information, but unless you can act upon that data and do something about it, it's really irrelevant. So looking at customer-to-staff ratios by day of week and by hour of a day, a store manager can actually make a difference in providing better service by making minor adjustments to that customer-to-staff ratio. And I think the last piece, which Retail Next just recently rolled out, is called interaction analysis. Interaction analysis is a bit of a deeper dive into technology where we want to now understand, are my customers being greeted by the associates so we can now have the ability to measure customers that are being greeted and how long it takes for associates to greet customers. We can then understand, once we have that, we can understand, does that affect what the purchasing is being done by customers? So in other words, if I have customers that are greeted within 20 seconds, does my conversion go higher? Are those customers purchasing more product? The next piece is, how long do those interactions take place? So we can now have the ability in Retail Next to measure how long interactions are taking place, how long is the associate with that customer, and we can then relate that back to sales, conversion, average transaction value. Very, very valuable insights. Um, So what technologies do you use to capture all this data? We use um, three different technologies. Uh, the first technology is uh, video analytics. So we use uh, video analytics, which we use, um, which is really looking at customers as they're coming into the store. And when we track uh, customers' behavior or employee behavior, that is done through video that turns that information into data. So it's just very large volumes of data coming in uh, collected via the video um, monitors. The second so so is, hold on one second. So so are you saying that from the video footage, you could actually turn that into measurement of how much time employee actually has interaction with another um, customer? Yeah, with the employee interaction, we're actually using uh, Wi-Fi technology for that, which I'll get to in a second. That's okay. a different technology specific to interaction analysis. Okay, go ahead. 
The um, the video analytics really is for the traffic counting that's coming in and out of the store, or if you wanted to measure how many people are going up to a fixture, um, how many people are stopping at a particular fixture or merchandise display. Video analytics provide superior um, counting quality with that. The second level is the mobile mobile device, so we can use uh, mobile devices to understand, you know, very aggregate anonymous. Uh, uh, um, patterns where uh, shoppers are going. So, for example, we can understand that of 100 people that walk in front of the store, 40 of those, uh, 40 percent of those people come into the store. That can be done through mobile device detection, which is really just understanding again in a very large aggregate way movement within a store and where people are going. The third piece is using Wi-Fi technology in, as related to iBeacon technology or Beacon technology. And in Beacon technology, we can really pinpoint specific things. For example, we could have uh, employees of a store wearing little Wi-Fi tags that identify them as an employee so we can then measure, you know, employees, you know, where they're spending time in the store, how much time they're spending with customers, and that's where and how we measure the interaction analysis. Interesting. I was also fascinated by the fact that you're actually turning images from um, video recording into data. Yes, the, the video analytics is, uh, Retail Next is by far the um, leader in video analytics and uh, the accuracy that we have in being able to do that and to get results and get the data um, is tremendous. Mm, interesting. So do you see more adoption for the purpose of loss prevention um, or, or, you know, really employee insights or do you see more adoption by retailers for marketing purposes? Well, Nancy, that's an excellent question, and if you and I were talking 10 years ago, I would have a different answer. <laughs> I think um, 10 years ago, absolutely, it was really driven by loss prevention, uh, who was very interested in um, understanding data coming from video analytics. I think in the last five to ten years, or five to ten years ago, it was really operations, cost control, a lot of workforce management, you know, staffing, traffic, conversion. But to be honest with you, today and over the past two years, we're really seeing evolution in that it's really marketing. It's marketing and store design. And those are the, those are the kind of the functional areas that are really adopting a lot of these um, technologies to understand, again, that in-store shopping behavior. Mm, that's really exciting. So let's um, talk about a couple of examples to help um, the audience understand how that data can be used in a useful way. Um, so, for example, one thing you mentioned is that uh, a merchant now can tell where a shopper went before they entered the store and then where they went afterwards, right? Um, so what are they doing with this new information? Yeah, so that's called uh, geo-origin, and what we're able to do is we're able to say to a retailer, before coming to uh, your particular uh, store, a customer shopped at these three other stores, and then after they went to your store, they went to these two other stores. And what um, retailers can do with this information is a few different things. There's, the first thing they can do is they can do cross-campaign marketing strategies with businesses that are maybe not uh, competing businesses, but are businesses that might be complementary. So you can go into a um, promotional strategy with another business if they see a high, you know, probability of customers shopping one versus the other. The second piece is if you see, for example, in your data that you're getting that a lot of customers come into your store and the conversion is very low and then they go to a competitor and they shop at the competitor's um, 
you know, store, that's a great indicator that maybe the competitor is doing something different, better. Maybe there's a different type of pricing. So it can give you indications into what's, hap- what's not happening in your store. Why aren't customers purchasing in there? So it's really used uh, along with that information as well. Wow, that's really, really exciting. I mean, really awesome. It's very actionable, like you're saying. Um, it's just great, the level of information that we can get now. Um, and so the other thing you mentioned is that there's a lot of ops in with uh, um, um, the mobile devices. So does that mean the marketers are now actually using the data for real-time marketing responses? Yeah, and I think this is really at the, you know, this is really starting to take off now. We don't have a lot of, of historical information regarding mobile proximity marketing, but there's a big thirst out there. And I think, to be to be honest, what happened previously is, I don't know if you remember, a year or two ago, there was lots of concerns, obviously, with privacy. So the, a lot of the retailers kind of pulled back on a lot of these initiatives in fear that, you know, the privacy might be offensive to the consumers. And, you know, I'll share with you a philosophy that I personally have always had about customers, um, having been in the business over 25 years, and that is, you know, customers in general, so lots of customers, they don't want to be tracked by every single retailer. That's a little creepy. But what they do want is they do want to be tracked, understood, and absolutely they want a personalized marketing plan from their favorite retailers. And so what's happening is now a lot of retailers are really understanding that this personalized marketing plan that these new empowered customers are quite frankly, I wouldn't say demanding, but they're really expecting it. Um, There has to be a way to figure out how do I deliver content in the way that my customer wants it delivered to them at the time they want it, you know, in the manner that they want it. So proximity marketing is a great way to do that. And proximity marketing is really, you know, marketing to a specific customer who's within a location or within an area of a store. So if I am, you know, shopping in a store and I happen to be near a product table, a marketing message might come up on my mobile device that says, you know, hey, there's new products in your size, you know, please check out. And it might tell me where to check out products uh, that are in my size. And so the one thing, a cautionary tale would be for retailers not to solely use this for promotions because then you'll train your customers to always look for promotions. But proximity marketing should be, you know, talking about the brand, about new products, you know, high margin businesses, you know, that type of thing. But I think right now retailers are just embarking on this new type of technology. So there's not a um, statistically, there's not a lot of information out there um, that customers, that retailers have been using or analyzing. Mm, well, definitely something to watch um, for sure. Well, let's take another break. You're listening to Business We Mentioned with Nancy Lynn. We'd love to get your feedback about our show. Please send your comments to radio at bizwemention.com. And for up-to-date business and innovation trends, go to bizwemention.com or follow me on Twitter at bizwemention. We'll be back after these messages. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of the curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, 
We help leaders at fast-growing companies develop the leadership capacity necessary to manage growth more effectively. Contact us today to learn more about our executive coaching services and leadership workshops. Call 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com to transform your business and leadership with Change Agent SF. Does your organization lack proper leadership? We're not necessarily talking about experience, but about how to face the changing dynamic of leadership today. Sometimes the people we lead know more, old ways don't work anymore, and the comfort zone just becomes too easy. Listen for Out of the Comfort Zone with Dr. Wanda Wallace. We'll show you how you can adapt and develop your leadership skills to today's workplace every Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on Voice America Business. What do business and sports have in common? Both are based on competition, and the goal of each is the same, to win. If you're in business, you need an edge over your competitors. You need to innovate and improve. You need to make adjustments to stay ahead of your competition. Tune in to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Get the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. The Business Locker Room airs live every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. Now, back to Business Reinvention. So, Shelly, you had worked in the business for a long time, uh, way before they have retail analytics. So now you get all these new insights from uh, retail analytics about retail trends and consumer behaviors. Is there anything that surprised you? What's interesting, I think, now more than ever before is um, I think the one thing that surprises me when I you know, meet with the amount of retailers that I meet with and um, just looking at a lot of the data is um, it really surprises me that, you know, these customers that are coming into the store, they are really empowered. They are really smart. They are, you know, they are really an amazing uh, consumer. They are the CEO of every retailer. And what's really interesting is that, um, you know, we started doing uh, social media and, un- and asking customers and Facebooking and using Twitter and reviews and all of that. And what I'm finding now is that customers today, they really want to help retailers run their business. They don't just want to give feedback. They want a two-way communication, and they want to actually help retailers run the business. Oh, that's awesome. That's really great. So like how to manage that information and in an effective way, I think it's probably a, a, a tap area as well. Um, so do you find consumers' decision-making process very different when they're in the physical store as opposed to the time when they're online? Yeah, I think that uh, I think the one big advantage on the physical store has over um, the online channels is that there's the socialization, which you know is such a tremendous factor uh, when you're uh, talking about physical retail. I'm, shoppers are going into the store because they like that social interaction, and I think you have a bigger opportunity in the stores to give 
you know, somewhat of a better experience in that you can talk to the customer, you can explain product information, they can touch and feel the product. Um, so I think there's also a better um, opportunity to have a bigger uh, average transaction value, so sell more to the customers that are in the store. There's probably a better opportunity to do impulse buying uh, within the store versus online. So I think there's a lot more opportunities uh, when you're in the store. And I think the other piece of it that we really have to keep in mind is um, when we talk about this convergence of the digital and physical world, you know, at some point along the way, the customer probably had some type of sales associate interaction. And I think that's really important when we talk about the, you know, physical channel versus online. Having that personalized, you know, associate that helps that customer really does make a difference in the ultimate purchasing piece, whether they then go home and purchase it online or purchase it in the store. So are we at the point where retailers can give their sales associates in the store information about individual customers' interests and histories to help them be more effective in converting them in the store? Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot of technology uh, that's available and out there today, and there's a lot of uh, companies that uh, do have that technology that gives very specific customer information uh, to help with that sales associate. I think one of the biggest challenges we have in retail when we talk about the sales associate and the customer is something called uh, the knowledge deficiency gap, and what that is that customers, by the time they get into the physical store, have more knowledge about product, service, and even the company than the associates that right. are in the store working it. And it's, in my opinion, it's, it's retailers, retailer, retail's darkest secret is this knowledge deficiency gap. And so um, retailers need to figure out, how do I close that gap? How do I get my associates to know as much about the product and service as the customers do coming into the store? And I think that's a tremendous challenge. And it's a challenge you don't have in the online channel. Mm. Do you know any best practices? Um, I mean, is any retailer doing a good job at that? There's a, cu- there's a couple of uh, retailers that really do a phenomenal uh, job at the training aspect, and I think part of it is having is really embracing a lot of the technology. Um, so a lot of retailers, for example, went out and said, oh, let's put iPads in all the stores. This will help the associates, and this will help link that digital and physical. The problem is a lot of the iPads sat in a drawer or sat behind the you know, POS then not being used. I think it's really important for retailers when they go to you know, have these enabling technologies technologies in the stores really put a lot of emphasis and training behind it so these technologies are being used. Um, So I think, you know, between the training of the associates now via mobile devices, probably the best way to do it. If you think about the workforce, a large portion of our workforce, especially in retail, are millennials. And millennials learn best using their mobile devices. So retailers that have been really successful with training of the associates in the store, ones that are using the technology that the workforce is most comfortable with. So that's using, you know, training, you know, on the mobile devices or sending through information via the mobile devices. And there's companies out there um, that do that sort of training. And we've partnered with uh, Retail Nexus, partnered with um, some of those companies so that, Instead of, you know, having 15 different vendors in a, re- in a retail store with all kinds of technologies, one of the great capabilities of Retail Next is that we can take many different technologies and give you one comprehensive view, which is, encompasses all those technologies. 
Well, now that we're talking about mobile technology, let's talk about Apple, um, which has added biometric authentication feature, the beacons, which you touched on briefly, and the mobile payment feature. Um, so some experts were predicting that um, iOS will end Wi-Fi in-store analytics in favor of opt-in solutions like beacons. Um, what do you think about that? And, and what do you think this will, how will all this take retail analytics to the next level? Yeah, I think we're definitely, I think there's a lot of iBeacon, so to speak, technology out there that's really paving some very exciting roads ahead. I think there's uh, predictive analytics that can come into play with a lot of the location-based Wi-Fi technologies. Um, And I don't think there's, I think if anything, it's the beginning of the Wi-Fi in-store analytics um, because there's a lot of other technologies that can be used for that. Mm, okay, so lo- let's also talk about biometrics. Um, there are also a lot of new, um, I think, use cases for that. Uh, for example, Samsung partners with Media Zest, and I know that they use audiovisual tools to eliminate people's, uh, excuse me, to estimate people's um, age based on video footage. I don't know if it's a similar technology you're using. Um, and then there's also Tesco in UK. I know they have certain system that determines uh, shoppers. Uh, uh, gender, age, and other basic demographics, and use that to uh, change the displays accordingly. Um, can you talk about that a little bit? What are the trends and what are the capabilities right now? Absolutely. I mean, right now, today, even Retail Next, uh, we actually um, have enabling technology that allows us to measure demographics as well as uh, age buckets. And what's really interesting, and I can give you an actual case study, which is uh, really interesting, is that oftentimes, you know, retailers have this preconceived notion of their customer and who their customer is. And sometimes when you actually measure the data and look at the data, you might be surprised. So, for example, we did a um, project with a retailer that's a uh, apparel retailer, and they were targeting a specific age range. And after we measured who was actually coming into their store um, as far as, you know, male, female, and ages, what we found was actually in one of their markets, they actually had an age bracket that was two years younger than what they were targeting. And so what that, what action do they do from that is they make sure that, you know, they're going to market to a younger, you know, audience and they can change either the visuals, they can change the signage, maybe get updated mannequin packages that look more contemporary in the market. Um, so there's lots of actionable points you can get from this. And I think it's really interesting um, because we've done a lot of work on the demographics, the male, female, you know, even as understanding, hey, look, on Sundays you have a higher, you know, uh, shopping rate of males in the store on Sunday. So therefore, simple training of associates on how to sell to a male versus a female could really move that conversion number up one or two points. There's a different way to sell to a man than there is a woman because of the way that they think. So can you explain to us a little bit, like, how do you go about identifying demographics? I mean, I know in the case of Samsung, they use video. Is that how you use it? I'm trying to figure out how you use it, or is it biometrics? Can you explain that a little bit more? Absolutely. It's actually uh, quite uh, simple in that we use uh, video analytics. So uh, the the video analytics kind of the the technology is trained to understand the features of a male versus female. And so with a pretty high accuracy rate, um, we are able to determine male versus female. And then we also do age buckets. So within age buckets, it's the same um, 
the same factors is we can put uh, groups of customers into ages. So typically in a store, you're going to have a high percent of people that are actually able to be detected, and of that, um, the accuracy rate of, you know, the data is, is pretty high. Mm, that's really amazing. Um, so I know that most retailers get most of their revenues from loyal customers. Um, is there any evidence that in-store analytics in contextual retailing actually help increase customer loyalty? Absolutely. I mean, and, you know, I've heard numbers, and these are not, you know, numbers from a textbook, but these are numbers from me speaking to retailers that I speak to all the time. I mean, those numbers can be as high as five times as much. So loyal customers will spend five times as much on some retailers, which is a staggering number when you really think about it. So what what we can do to help that, so with uh, in-store analytics, understanding the shopping behaviors, understanding what's happening in the store, and then carrying on that conversation to the mobile device and then over to the e-com, if you're able to connect that customer through all your touch points in a very consistent manner, which is very brand relevant, um, you will get that brand loyalty and you will see that revenue uptick. And we have the ability, um, as one of our features, is to measure new and repeat customers. And then we can also say when repeat customers are in the store, conversion is higher or average transaction value is higher. So we can actually put metrics and data behind those numbers. That's great. Um, and we also know that companies tend to invest most of their marketing dollars on acquisition as opposed to retention. So now with you know, more information about existing customers, do you see the change in terms of marketing focus or marketing mix? I do, and it's so funny not to be, you know, uh, I do work for a technology company, so I'm not saying this just because, you know, I do work for Retail Next, but I'm saying this because I really think it's true. A lot of the marketing dollars right now is going into technologies. You know, a lot of the funding and capital money is going into technologies. And what's really interesting is, you know, marketing, you know, five or six years ago, when you talked about technologies and enabling technologies, you know, we were having conversations, you know, Retail Next was having conversations with the operating side of the business. In the last couple of years, at every meeting that we go to, it's the marketing person at at the table now. So I think what's happening is there's a shift in funding into this enabling technology and the proximity marketing and being able to measure, you know, some of these uh, marketing efforts that in the past have gone unmeasured. We can actually put a lot of uh, data behind, you know, marketing events and understanding the ROIs on those. And then from a retailer perspective, you're going to be sending out or putting together strategies that are more relevant to your consumer or your customer. And from a customer's advantage, they're getting better programs. Well, let's take another quick break. We'll be back in two minutes. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of the curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we help leaders at fast-growing companies develop the leadership capacity necessary to manage growth more effectively. Contact us today to learn more about our executive coaching services and leadership workshops. Call 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com to transform your business and leadership with Change Agent SF. 
conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth, and in general, people don't want to discuss their money until now. Listen each week for Conversations with Money, featuring Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece, how to build and maintain wealth, working with charities, and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in every week for the Ellis Martin Report. Our program will bring you the news and information that you need each week. We look at publicly traded small and mid-cap companies from a variety of sectors. We'll talk to key people in the industry to bring you the foreground and background of new and -and up-and-comers for potential investment. Please remember, invest only at your own risk. The Ellis Martin Report is meant for informational purposes only. Tune in every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network. The bottom line in business. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. Now, back to Business Reinvention. So Shelly, you had a good observation about how a lot of money is going to technology. Um, so going back to the question about whether or not we're going to see a lot of shift from acquisition dollars to retention, what's your thought on that? I think, uh, in my opinion, one of the biggest trends going into uh, 2016 is going to be, it's all going to be about loyalty and how to build that loyalty with the customers. I think retailers, you know, They've seen a lot of the data. They've seen what happens, what transpires with loyal customers versus, you know, maybe um, not so loyal customers. But what ends up happening is they're spending five times as much in the store. So there's going to be more marketing efforts towards how do we get our existing customers to become more loyal. And they can do that by providing that consistent experience across all the channels that they have and all those touch points that they have. And I do think it does cost more money to acquire a customer versus keep an existing customer. But if you can get those um, customers to be super loyal, you're going to see a higher ROI on that. Mm. So do you see a day when physical retail stores will know more about their customers than online retailers? <laughs> well, I think what, what I, the actual, the holy grail, the, you know, the great grand, you know, what we really want to do is we really want to understand the customer from a 360 degree. We want to understand that customer as she shops on all the touch points. So we want to understand her mobile shopping, her e-com shopping, and her brick and mortar shopping all married together. That would be really what most retailers are after. Mm, So how far are we from that day um, to actually having a 360 omni-channel view of the customer's yeah, I think there's a lot of uh, I think there's a lot of retailers that are um, getting a lot closer than we've ever been. I think the biggest challenge is that you know this you know convergence of digital and physical you know faces today for retailers for traditional retailers that have been around for a while is a lot of its infrastructure. You know, there's a lot of infrastructure behind the scenes uh, that goes on, whether it's with the um, types of programs and software and hardware that you know both the e-com and the brick and mortar have that are very different that makes it complicated to kind of pull all that information together and have that, you know, view. 
the second piece of it is, you know, from an um, organizational perspective, is a lot of traditional retailers have always worked in silos. And so breaking down those silos, and there's been, you know, a lot of companies that have done a great job of that in the past year, year and a half, to break down the silo mentality of dealing with these um, functions separately, um, certainly. So I think that we're going to see a lot of that improving over the next year. Mm, yeah, I think dealing with legacy system is definitely not limited to retail industry. Uh, a lot of companies are uh, facing that challenge and trying to figure out how to do that. Um, so what do you think retail marketing will look like five years from now? <laughs> I think retail marketing will be very interesting five years from now. I think it'll be exciting. I think it's going to include uh, very quick-time, real-time marketing. Um, I think we are going to be able to do predictive marketing. I think that we're going to be able to really understand our customers well. And I think we're going to be able to measure a lot of the um, proximity marketing and campaign marketing that we're unable to measure quick-time today Five years from now, that's going to be real-time information where we can send out, you know, marketing, you know, emails or we can send out marketing, you know, information and real-time know exactly what that response rate is. Mm. So tell us a little bit more about predictive analytics. I, I read about that um, on Wall Street Journal um, that, that Re- Retail Next is working something um, along that line. Um, is that something you can share at this moment? Absolutely. I mean, there's a couple different, uh, you know, kind of case studies around predictive analytics. Um, the one area in predictive analytics is working with companies um, like Select, for example, is a partner company that we work with. And the predictive analytics really takes that merchandising effort down to a very detailed level. So, for example, typically in traditional retail, you'll have two stores. Let's say they're 15 miles apart. In traditional retail, we would merchandise and we'd plan and allocate those stores pretty much the same because in our minds, the retailers' minds, uh, we see them in the same quote-unquote market. What's different about having this predictive analytics and being able to use, you know, companies like Select is um, you actually may have in those two stores very different customer preferences. They could be very close together you know, 15 miles apart, Um, but those customers that go in there could be very different. For example, in store A, the customers might want very hip, trendy, contemporary, ready-to-wear, but they prefer more traditional accessories and handbags. In store B, they may prefer very edgy, contemporary, ready-to-wear, similar to store A, but unlike store A, they also want very edgy, jewelry and handbags. So you would have to buy those stores differently. In the past, we've always relied on information from sales to tell us and direct us on what to buy and what to purchase. What's really important uh, to understand is what what are customers not buying, what are they are buying, and then predict out what will sell well in these environments. Wow, I wish I had all this fantastic um, consumer insight when I worked in the consumer packaged goods industry. Um, I think it's a very exciting time for brands and retailers, despite uh, all the challenges that they face. Um, thank you so much for say, you know, sharing great insights with us and spending time with us today, Shelley. Absolutely. I think I'm very excited about retail, as you can tell, and I think it's a great time to be in retail. 
Definitely. Um, so for those in the audience, I hope you have enjoyed our show today. Please join me again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific time or download our podcast so that you can listen to the show on the go. Feel free to tweet me your comments at BizReInvention. Let's keep innovation alive and working for everyone. Hope to talk to you again next week. Take care. We hope that you've enjoyed Business Reinvention with Nancy Lin. Please join us for another edition of our groundbreaking program next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. In the meantime, follow Nancy on Twitter at BizReinvention to keep up on the innovation trends and information about our next show. Or go to BizReinvention.com for more business insights. That's B-I-Z Reinvention.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.